0: Again, that's over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thrizer, and be sure to enter the promo code STC. So we'll jump right into today's podcast session. Hi there, welcome to session 121 of Selling the Couch. Hope you're having a fantastic start to your day. Today is a solo episode. I feel like it has been a little while since I did a solo episode. And actually, more specifically, it's been a while since I did an episode on the topic of podcasting. Actually, I was looking at the records and it looks like the last time I did it was around session 32, which seems ages ago. But I'm glad to be here and ready to talk all about podcasting with you. I wanted to call this episode all the things that Melvin believed when he first started selling the couch that ended up not being true, but that was way too long for titles. So I thought, you know, let's talk more about some of the myths that I believed about podcasting and then how you can avoid them uh, to make your own podcasting journey easier, especially if you are thinking about starting a podcast. You know, one of the challenges of doing an episode like this I was actually writing down notes and I was like, man, I have been at this for almost two and a half years. And how do I cover all of this information and all of the mistakes that I've made in about 25 minutes? Easier said than done. So what I quickly realized, actually, after getting overwhelmed, I realized that I couldn't do that. So uh what I'll do is I'm going to go deep into just a couple of different things. And uh before I forget, we go much deeper into the podcasting journey and some of the technical stuff that's involved in some of the free podcasting workshops that I conduct. They're on a regular basis, and you can learn more about them and sign up at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop. But before we do get to today's podcast session and talk all podcasting, very meta, I wanted to take a moment to thank the folks over at Theranest for supporting today's podcast session. Theranest is affordable private practice management software that is used by lots of our colleagues, including many colleagues in the Selling the Couch community. You can learn more about the services that they provide at sellingthecouch.com forward slash Theranest. And if you go through that link, you actually get 20% off uh, the first three months after a 21 day free trial. So again, the link is sellingthecouch.com forward slash Theranest. Okay, so on to the myths that I had believed when it came to podcasting. The first myth that I believed was that podcasting is some sort of a fad. It's like a marketing technique. It's really not like a complete system of seeing your business. To be completely honest, when I first started selling the couch, I was pretty scared. You know, this medium of podcasting was still pretty new. And I just didn't know was this going to be like another kind of social media kind of craze where, you know, people listen to podcasts for a certain amount of time, or everyone starts doing podcasts. And then, you know, in six months or a year, or even a couple of years, it kind of just goes away. Well, I included some data in today's episode because, you know, that's how I roll, but the latest data from Edison research indicates that's actually not the case. Really interesting stuff. So what would they found basically is that 67 million people here in the U S listen to podcasts every month. That's about an 11% growth from the previous year of 2016. And that growth has been really steady for the last five to six years. So that's a really good trend to notice is that it's steady growth. But what's really interesting is now 24% of the US population that may or may not seem like a huge number to you. But think about that one in four people that you come across are listening to podcasts every month, which is a huge amount of people. Just to put it in context for you, about 20% of the US population identifies as Catholic. So I guess technically more people listen to podcasts than identify as Catholic. But just shifting a little bit, you know, one of the biggest lessons that I learned is that if you really want to expand your presence, right, in this, especially in this online space, that it's really smart to have a platform, right? And a platform, whether that could be something like podcasting, blogging, video, something that you're focusing on to get your message out there on uh, not just locally, but also nationally and internationally because one of the things I've learned is the world truly is flat and we just never know who's listening to our podcast who may even know someone that's local. So when you have this platform and our voices are getting out there, which means that more people are exposed to our businesses... So as an example, I was looking at my own stats in uh, with the Selling the Hotch podcast recently, and I was super surprised to learn that a podcast is now heard in 107 countries around the world, which is crazy because truth be told, When I first started Selling the Couch, I was just happy to have a couple of local listeners. And I record this still from my home office in Philadelphia. But it's crazy to think that this little thing that I record is now being heard all around the world. Now, the other thing to also realize is as more and more devices allow us to play audio content, so think things like Google Home or Amazon Echo, and more people get access to smartphones, the latest data shows that about 70% of the world will have a smartphone by the year 2020. That's important because a lot of people are listening to podcasts at both home and on their smartphones. So which means that the audio space is really starting to expand. It's continuing to expand. Now going back to this idea of the platform. So when you have a platform where you're becoming established as an authority in your niche as a private practitioner, right? It's easier to get things like website traffic and more specifically warm website traffic. So people that know you, like you, trust you and people that are actually interested in what you have to say, because we know that in general, those folks are the ones that are actually going to convert into into getting different types of content from us, whether it is reading our blog posts, getting on our email list, and even sharing or participating in paid products or services that we offer. Number two, the number two myth that I really struggled with when I first started podcasting, I was like, this has to be a super expensive venture. I have a sometimes a natural bent toward finding hobbies that are rather expensive. So I'm really into landscape photography. And if there are any landscape photographers out there, you know how quickly expensive landscape photography can get. But When I first started selling the couch, I think I had this crazy image that I would have to convert my office into a recording studio. And, you know, I'd I'd have my DJ headphones on and be mixing and maybe not, but all of those things. And, and I also listened to quite a bit of NPR and I love Terry Gross. And I always imagined sitting behind the mic and pretending to be Terry, you know, reading the books that her guests had read and asking these really pointed questions. And what I realized is that it can be expensive to create a podcast, but it doesn't have to be. So, and I see this a lot with our colleagues that start podcasts and just generally folks that are outside of our space who are starting podcasts is that they fall into this trap of needing the latest and the greatest. So. They will find some successful podcaster who's maybe shared a blog post or a video or something showing their podcasting gear. And you know, like, Oh my gosh, I have to have that gear because if I don't have that, you know, that's what, that's the gear that they had to get success. Right. That may or may not be true. But one thing I've learned is that it's really easy to get stuck in that. And my recommendation to you is start with really simple gear and build out. So all you need to do a podcast is you just need a computer. So either a desktop or a laptop. I use my laptop. So I'm actually recording on my MacBook Pro that I use for podcasting. I use for counseling, all of these things, right? I have a microphone, so I use the Audio-Technica ATR2100USB. It's about a $60 mic on Amazon. Uh, It's one of the more, it's definitely a reasonably priced mic, but as you can hopefully hear by the quality of the audio, the audio is just really good. Like on a 0 to 10 scale, 10 being amazing, I would rate the Audio-Technica at probably about an 8.5, if not a 9. And the other really nice thing about this mic is it's also a really good mic for webinars and for recording. Uh, if you want to go into, like, recording e-courses and things like that, it's just a, it's a great mic. I like the warm sound that it produces. So you need a computer. You need a microphone. Starting out, you can use, like, the earbuds or headphones, the earbuds that come with, like, an iPhone. That's perfectly fine starting out. You can also get some inexpensive headphones. Audio-Technica makes some headphones better, just really reasonably priced, around $50 or so. And that is pretty much it. It You know, in terms of starting a podcast, you know, if you look online, what you'll find is there's a lot of gear that's hundreds of hundreds and hundreds of dollars, actually some that are well over a thousand. And my encouragement to you is not to do that. Instead, start with something, you know, reasonably priced, high quality, and then build out from there. I've used this podcasting mic since day one of STC and it works. So my thought is why try to mess with it. So. So the third myth that I believed was that it is time-consuming to create a podcast. So again, I'll be completely honest with you, podcasting can be time-consuming, especially when you're first starting out and you're getting the flow and the systems down, and it can definitely be time consuming if you're not intentional with your time. Just a side story. You know, I was at podcast movement last year. Yes, there's actually an industry conference for podcasters. I think last year's attendance was around 1500 people and it was in Chicago. And this year it's actually in Anaheim, California, and they're expecting over 2000. I'm still trying to decide if I, if I'll be able to make it. It's a uh, falls on a weekend where I've got another commitment, but. I was at Podcast Movement, and I was listening to this presentation from Roman Mars, who's the host of 99% Invisible, which is a super popular podcast just on kind of at the intersection of architecture, basically. And he shared that he had this entire team of people working on his podcast, because if you've heard a podcast like that, it's just beautiful, right? Like beautiful sounding. It's got cool audio coming in and all of these things. And when I heard Roman say that, first I internally freaked out. I was like, I don't have a team. Well, unless you like count me, myself and I. And then I realized, you know what, Mel, maybe you'll have that one day if you want, but it's okay to not be there now. So with that being said, I have two suggestions for you. Which is instead of saying that, Hey, I'm going to create an hour long podcast episode. And that's how long my episodes are going to be. What I want you to do instead is look at the time amount of time that you can dedicate each week to podcasting and follow what I call the one to four ratio of content creation to content, production, and all of the other stuff that goes into it. So practical example, let's say that you have two hours each week to dedicate to podcasting. Now, if you follow that ratio, each episode should be no longer than about 24 minutes long. So you have 24 minutes to create the recording, so you can do some solo episodes on some of your episodes, or you can do interview-based episodes, whatever you want. And the rest of the time would be to edit the podcast, so you can use a program called Auphonic, which is at alphonic.com, or you can use a program called ZenCaster, Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R at zencaster.com to do this. And then you want to take that time to write show notes, which is like basically a bullet pointed summary of what the episode is about. And if you like, what I used to do when I was doing all of this is I used to go into Canva and we actually still use Canva, but you can create artwork for each individual episode. I actually recommend doing this because images in general tend to get shared more on social media. And so if you have show notes Plus an image, then you know that, you know, folks for at a practical level, for example, folks may be more likely to pin an a podcast episode they're interested in onto their account. So my second piece of advice to you is consider hiring an editor to handle the editing and the writing show notes and all of those things. The price range right now for editing ranges from about twenty five dollars to ninety five dollars an episode, which is very reasonable, especially just when thinking about it long term there are definitely a couple of uh, different options so I use Christy Hausler over at teampodcast.com you can enter the promo code health for twenty percent off your entire bill or just mention it to Christy that you heard it on selling the couch and she'll take good care of you and then you can also check out local universities with sound engineering programs, or you can check out upwork.com to find podcast editors. I was super torn on hiring out an editor for Selling the Couch. In fact, for the first 13 episodes, I did everything on my own. So scheduling guests, recording the conversations, writing the show notes, editing, creating the artwork, uploading everything. Once you get into a system, it really wasn't bad. It's just I realized two things. I think one is when I decided to hire an editor oh my gosh, talk about control issues coming up uh, when you decide to delegate any kind of a task. Second, I've mentioned this book before, but I've read this book called The E-Myth Revisited, Why Most Small Businesses Don't Work and What to Do About It. And in this book, the author says that wise business owners learn to distinguish between working in our businesses versus on our businesses. So, Working in a business basically means the daily things that we do in our business. So, and whereas working on our business means creating space in our days where we're thoughtfully thinking about the future of our business. So future services as private practitioners, future services we can offer, future workshops, all those kind of things. Now, one thing I've realized and I struggle with this. A lot of folks in our field that I've talked to struggle with this. But for us as private practitioners, our natural bend will be always to usually to work in our business. So seeing clients, taking phone calls, billing, all of those kind of things, right? But the challenge of working always in our business is one, it's a formula for burnout. And two, usually the time that it takes you to do that task or trying to learn that task, it's usually not worth the cost and the time that's invested or the time away from loved ones or the time away from self-care. So... With Selling the Couch, what I painfully realized was the blog just wouldn't grow and I was gonna get burnt out if all I was do if I was just doing everything for the blog. I had a vision of creating courses, I had a vision of going back into private practice back when I started, just a small modest practice, intentional modest practice. And I also had, you know, just the thought of doing things like webinars and presentations, and I just realized if I was going to be trying to do all this stuff, it was just going to be impossible. So all that to say, consider hiring an editor. Myth number four, what I struggled with is I didn't know if my podcast would actually I believe that my podcast couldn't improve my website being found. When I first started the Selling the Couch blog, I was lucky to have about between 38 and 50 people visiting the blog every month. And what I realized is I would have to have some sort of way of generating traffic. So Selling the Couch has definitely been a journey, but it's definitely grown since then. So now the blog is averaging around 7,100 visitors a month. Uh, Just taking a step back, one of the factors that affects search engine rankings is the amount of time people spend on a website. So for example, a website that has more content where people are spending more time on, that's seen by search engines like Google as having more authority, right? And that makes logical sense. So one of the things that I recommend for you is to improve your search engine rankings and for your podcasts is have a podcast player on your website. So Lipsyn, which is the company I use to host my podcast episodes, like store my podcast episodes, they have a free one. You can go to Lipsyn.com. And again, you can enter the promo code couch to get 30 days absolutely free on any of the plans that they use. I use one called Smart Podcast Player. That's Pat Finn's player. If you guys just go to any of these, like if you go to the show notes for today's episode, which is at sellingthecouch.com forward slash session and the number 121, you'll see a little player over the top of that. That's the smart podcast player. I really like how it looks. But when you have a player on your website and people are come to your page and they're listening to that player, naturally they're staying on your website longer, which will improve your search engine rankings. Second, two of the factors that affect search engine rankings is what's called authority and relevancy. So for example, I work with both entrepreneurs and basketball players in private practice. Two niches, I know, but I have a passion for both and I can't decide it. I decided to serve both. So a link from a big blog like Fast Company or ESPN would have more authority than if I was getting a link to my website from a cooking website, for example because I serve entrepreneurs and basketball players. So for you, think about what that is. And as you launch your podcast, think about who the other authority sites are in this niche. You just have to do a quick Google search. There is likely, almost guaranteed, there are going to be bigger authority sites than you. The other thing that really determines website rankings is what's called relevancy. So this is this idea that websites that are closely aligned with the content of your website are going, you should basically be linking to those websites and cross-linking to those. Because Google is starting to see basically uh, websites that cluster together tend to have more and improved search engine rankings. Now, from a podcast perspective, what this one idea for you to try is you might do some solo episodes for your podcast, but you want to do some interview-based episodes with folks that are in your similar niche. That way you can build authentic connections with them. Uh, You can support the work they're doing. And then you can also, from a search engine perspective, you can also support one another because you're linking to each other's content. So myth number five, which is, I don't know how long in tell you guys the truth between when I first started or when I first had the idea of selling the couch, which came in the shower of out of all places. And when I started was about five months. And a big reason for that was I think part of it was I was just planning. But a bigger reason, if I'm honest, is that I was just scared. And I just thought, you know, a lot of people are doing podcasts now. And what am I going to say that's relevant? Who's going to listen to me all of those things. And these are things I struggled with two years ago, right? Right. The short answer is you haven't missed the boat on podcasting. I mean, more and more data is coming out. And what it's finding is the growth rate of podcasting is coming out around 10 to 20% per year, year by year, which is just outstanding, but steady growth, which is what I love. And everything I've looked at is well, well into the next decade, there's going to be steady growth. I think one of the unique things about podcasting and audio podcast is that with an audio podcast, folks can consume it while doing other things, right? So for example, you might be on a commute, right? And listeners of your podcast might be on a commute. They might be working out. They might be cooking a meal and they can still consume a podcast. In other words, they can be doing a task and still listen on the side. There's no other medium out there right now and that I can't even imagine where it caters to that, which is, I think is why there's a lot of potential there. And the other thing is what I realized is it's steadily growing. And I believe I just knew, like, I felt like this podcasting space, like really catered to our strengths as clinicians, right? So we have the ability, I think, to build rapport and trust with potential clients, which is a great skill to have when it comes to podcasting. We have the ability to dive deep into a topic. And we have the ability to ask really good questions, which I think helps us to really stand out from other podcasters in the space. So I hope that today's episode was helpful for you. It's a little shorter than usual. I didn't want to go too deep. I wanted to go deep enough, but uh, not at the same time, not be overwhelming for you. But as I wrap up, I just more than anything, I just wanted to encourage you. You know, I get a lot of emails, just a lot of like personal notes from you guys saying that you've been thinking about launching a podcast. And I hope today's episode more than anything just encourages you to do that because I do think this space is It's a wonderful platform I think to connect with people and it's a wonderful platform if you feel like you have built a practice where it's a calling for you. You know, and I think the the idea of a podcast caters to that because you're really it's not just about a practice, it's about taking a message and sharing it with a global audience again if you're interested in podcasting and just or just want more information or just the opportunity to connect please join us for an upcoming free podcasting workshop Uh, you can find that at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop I like to make these workshops really practical. Lots of time for Q and A. I really do want to support you guys. I've made my fair share of mistakes on this journey, and my hope is that you know my lessons and stuff I've learned along the way helps you avoid some of those same mistakes. Finally, just wanted to shifting over. I just wanted to thank the folks over at Theranest for supporting today's podcast session. Theranest is affordable private practice software that is used by thousands of our colleagues. It includes a number of features, including unlimited staff accounts, locations, if you're in different locations for your practice, no templates, and unlimited storage. You can also do, if you work with insurance, you can actually submit insurance claims online. You can accept credit cards. You can create invoices and super bills. And then it even has an add-on client portal that allows clients to submit their intake forms and even schedule online so that you can get to work doing the work of therapy. So again, the link to learn more about the good work over at Theranest is sellingthecouch.com forward slash Theranest. And again, that gives you uh, 21 days absolutely free and then 20 months off your first three months when you sign up. Have a wonderful rest of your day and uh, show notes to today's episode again are at sellingthecouch.com forward slash 121.